This was like six years ago, but we were having trouble with quality shipping conveyors to a particular machine tool builder. So, you know, we're like, hey, how's everything been going? We think we corrected the issue. And they're like, there was a hammer inside of it. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so somehow we shipped it with hey, a Nick, hammer on the system. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I'm sure that's very common. But yeah, but it's yeah. like those are the ones where you got the boss being like, how the heck can this happen? You know, like who's paying attention? Exactly. And then someone's like, where's my hammer? <laughs> Well, you know, the doctors must have some methodology oh, and process yes. so they don't leave instruments in a human body. So, Nick, don't feel bad about a hammer. There might be one inside my kidney. Yeah. Hey, Jason, does money grow on trees? Money doesn't grow on trees, but jobs grow on trees. Those juicy jobs on the Zometry job board. So what is the Zometry job board? Well, Jim, you hate quoting, don't you? I keep telling you got to delegate that. I do. But Zometry has an alternate to that. So if I'm not feeling right about quoting, I can go to the Zometry's job board. All the prices are right there. So it's pre-quoted? I can pick and choose whatever I want. It's pre-quoted for me. It's giving me target pricing to what I can do on my shop. All I have to do is say yes or no. Can I make those parts for that cost. And that's the it's juicy simple. job. That's the juicy that's job. That's how you get the juicy job off the job tree. Yeah, there's nothing fancy about it. And the thing is, too, if I take that job, I can get paid in 30 days. So go to zometry.com slash making chips and check it out. Bam. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metalworking Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Our goal today is to equip and inspire you to make positive changes in your business. My name is Jim Carr, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Jason Zanger and Nick Golner. And congratulations, guys, on a record download month. A big thank you to everybody who listens to the show. We genuinely appreciate your support through the years, and bam. Yeah, and we really appreciate when you share this podcast with your manufacturing leader peers. I mean, that makes a big difference to us. If you listen to an episode and it really made an impact to you, please share it with 10 of your friends. You know what I've been hearing a lot lately? What's that? Record month. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> well, the economy's on fire. Manufacturing's yeah. on fire. And we keep breaking down those. It's a five alarm People fire. are listening to podcasts. Yes. yes. Maybe it's because people are back to driving. Yeah, you know, maybe. You know, I think that has be. something to do with it. It could be. A lot of the people who comment to me about listening to the show, they're always like, yeah, I did it on my commute or I did it when I was on my way to a sales trip or yeah, whatever. Exactly. So, I hear that so all the time. that's good to hear. Let us know where you listen. We, yeah. we want to know. So Nick, do you know what 5S stands for? Yes. Do you know what each S designates. Okay. I'm going to try this. Okay. And I'm not going to tell you, but I want to see if you know. If I get this wrong, I'm going to be in trouble with my lean guru. You are, yeah. Yes. Okay. So it's... Go ahead. Sort. Is that the first one? It is. You don't have to be in order. You just got to give me five. Set in order, or sometimes it's straighten is the second straighten one. Straighten is the second one. Sustain is the last one. Yep. Standardize is yeah. in there. One more. Shine. Beautiful. Did, were you, you looking? Go. No. Honest to God, that's really good. My I, brother used to actually make us take quizzes and oh, stuff. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Yeah, and you, well, anyway. you get like a $20 bonus if you got the best score. So I always tried really hard to win. <laughs> well, that's what I'm going to talk about today, 5S. 
And I just want to share some tips and tricks or just tips, I guess, with the Metalworking Nation, people that own their own shops out there about what I did as I made this move into our new facility and how I'm implementing 5S. Again, it, it looks clean, lean, and organized, my friend. Well, yes. And we're in the office, but the shop floor is where it really makes yeah. the most impact. Well, I'm talking about that too. Yes. And as you guys know, you know how truly OCD I am. So implementing this to me is like one of the most euphoric feelings I get when I go out into the shop and I see that the drawers are all organized. Jim is high on 5S right I'm now. high on 5S, baby. <laughs> What about you, Jason? Are you high on 5S? Well, I wouldn't say I'm high on 5S, but I do like 5S. We've talked about this before on one of our shows. Yes. I do know when people come to Zengers, they always make the comment like everything is very well organized and in its right place. And that was something that my dad beat into my head. He was like, everything, you know, throw out the crap and make sure that everything is clean, make sure that everything is standardized, organized, all that kind of stuff. So I've been taught 5S before I even knew what 5S was. Right. I agree. It makes me crazy when I go, and this happens not as often as it used to, but you go to like the old school shops and you're, you go to the owner's desk and there's just paperwork all over the place. There's piles and piles, piles kind of tilted on top of piles. And he always makes a comment, I'm sorry about the mess. I know exactly where everything is. And it's like, yeah, you probably do, but why don't you just get it in the right place instead of laying all over your desk. Can you honestly believe that? No, they're just saying that. A middle-aged person's brain can keep all of that mess organized? No way. It's crazy. There's no way. Well, anyway, I want to give you what the true Google definition of 5S is so we understand where we're going, then we're going to talk about it. does Google know about 5S? Well, Google knows everything. Of course, they do have a machine shop, don't they? Yes, they do. 5S is defined as a methodology that results in a workplace that is clean, uncluttered, safe, well-organized to help reduce waste and optimize productivity. It's designed to help build a quality work environment, both physically and mentally. And we call, we all could use a little bit of mental health, Mm -hmm. right? The 5S methodology originated in Japan and was first implemented by the Toyota Motor Corporation. That's right. The methodology was developed as a way to just to make just-in-time manufacturing possible. So as an advanced question, yes. what is the 5S in Japanese? I did see that, but I didn't think it was relevant to talk about. But we've got sort, straight, and shine, standardized, so, and sustained. Nick, yes, kudos to you. If you go to makingchips.com and you search for 5S, we actually have a past episode which we talked about some of the Japanese years terms. ago. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, we even threw something about Trump into. We, yeah, I think we did. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. the exact name of it. I mean, we've done 300 and some episodes of making chips. But That's it was wild. A, this was, is 311. It, yeah, it was an interesting conversation. I don't know if it was when he was president or not. So, Well, before we get to the episode and I share some of these tips, guys, tell me what's going on in your personal business life. I love good news. Let's share with the metalworking nation. So I was going to say this as what drives me nuts about 5S is manufacturers, they know how to do it in their shops. They try to keep everything 5S and organized. And then you go to your house <laughs> and you go down to your basement or your junk drawer, or your storage room, and you're like, what happened to all that 5S? You know, that's what I'm dealing with. So it's spring. We're doing some spring cleaning. Yep. 
We have a hard time throwing away every little thing that any of our kids ever colored on because it's sentimental to my wife, and yeah. I'm just trying to get her to like. I'm doing that Saturday, Nick. So yeah, I mean, again, my dad he went so far as he would like throw things away that were important, which kind of made some of us. Yeah, like, well, I've then always, you thought they were important. Yeah. But they probably like my car keys. Important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Life has gone on even without those whatever those things were that he threw out. Yeah. I shared with you, Nick, one of my exciting things. I literally just got a conversation because we have a good client and the COO of that company is moving to Boise, Idaho and taking a role there at a big machine shop. And he came to us and said, is there any reason why you guys can't do what you did here in Boise, Idaho? Ooh, cool. Very and cool. I was like, yeah, amazing. Because he was like, you know, you helped us organize 5S, reduce cycle times of machining parts. He was like, I need that kind of help. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're just a plane trip away and maybe some video calls and stuff like that. We can absolutely help you. So So you're going to be spending more time in Idaho? Maybe. Getting some potatoes. Yeah. Maybe maybe (laughs) doing some hunting out there. Who knows? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Uh, But there's a vibrant um, manufacturing community in other places that we're happy to go to. Places you'd never know. Exactly. Any Speaking of places that we're going to go to, we have another speaking event coming up in Iowa. Yeah, we do. At a community college. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe the next That's one October we'll do is... October 5th. Good. You remember the date. I didn't know. That. Oh, it's on the wall. <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, we're doing more and more of those lately. As much as we can handle with our busy lives. We'll post IMTS. Yeah, maybe we'll do one in Idaho. There you go. <laughs> nice. All right, Jim. What's next for us? Well, since no one's going to give their good news, I'm going to give mine. Yeah. Well, he's got Idaho. I have cleaning my house. What's yours? We just got in another machine this week. We've got in a large capacity uh, CNC, six to, uh, the VF6. We really needed to get that machine, man. We got a job that we were doing. We did it last in 2021. We had to actually move the piece twice on the CNC machine because... We couldn't, didn't have the table capacity to cut it all at once. Oh, yeah. So once they came back, the customer came back and they tripled the quantity, maybe even quadrupled the quantity. And we're like, there's no way we can. And you didn't need that extra step. Well, we didn't need it, but we needed to be more efficient. That's what I mean. You you weren't going to, at scale, you weren't going to be able to do it well. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a big runner for a couple months. So How big is the table on that? 64 by 32. And What's going on with Haas's move to Nevada from California? I honestly don't know, but I did hear that they were going to do that, but I don't know any of the logistics around it. But if I do get that information, I'll let you know. Yeah, love to hear about yeah. that. How many new machines have you bought this year before you jump in? Because I feel like you're telling me about a new machine every time we Well, talk. we're on hold now, but we bought the Doosan DVF 5000, which is five axes with an eight pallet pool. And then we just got a, a robo job, machine tending robot or that we're going to put on one of our yeah, house machines. So we'll see how that all vice. goes. Cool. Yeah, with the shunk vices, that's going to be interesting. It's our first experience with shunk. It's a very high quality work holding mm-hmm. part. Yeah, great partners of ours. Yeah. But yeah, this is fully automated. You got a robot opening, closing the door, loading and unloading the vice, all that. Yes. Or do you have a door? Do you have it, a auto door? door. Okay. Cool. It was it was on the machine when we bought it. Great. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah, we'll see. Lights out manufacturing and automation is what everyone's talking about lately. And it's the only way to stay competitive, quite frankly. Awesome. So let's get into the episode. So, you know, Jason was right. We did an episode. I don't remember if we had a a guest on for it for 5S. It was just Um, you and I. Yeah. But it was important at that time. I didn't know much about it at that time. I'd been to some of my peers' shops that have implemented. And let me tell you, 
that euphoric feeling of seeing that mm-hmm. stuff really my ocd was like popping off like crazy mm-hmm. and you know i'm not formally trained i didn't take any classes for 5s but i have done a lot of research on it and I'm you're not tech- a black belt i'm not a black belt 5s jujitsu yeah. or lean six sigma I believe I know enough that I can give some guidance. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, it's pretty straightforward, right? If yeah. You follow those five S's. Yeah, the concept is absolutely. Concept. Yeah. So I just want to share with the Metalworking Nation what I've done to implement a five S strategy here. So when we moved in July, we sorted through all the stuff at Car Machine on at our old building that was taking up room. I mean, literally clutter everywhere. We tossed it. It was difficult. It was difficult for some of our veteran machinists to say, we looked at a fixture that Mm. was, oh, well, we used that seven years ago on that customer's job and took 20 hours to make that fixture. It'll probably repeat. No, it's not going to repeat. We need to get rid of it. The technology, the work holding, the machine tools that we use nowadays are totally different. That old clunky fixture is not relevant anymore. You know, it's funny, Jim, because when we take over like a tooling integration at one of our clients, that's one of the first things that we look at is like, what old stuff can we get rid of? Because all all these guys out on the shop floor, they want to keep every single oh, thing. What awful. if? And I remember when we went to our one of our new clients in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we disposed of so much tooling. And at the time, like just tons of carbide, they ended up recycling it all and of stuff course. like that. And at the time, a lot of the guys were on the shop floor. The owner was supportive, but a lot of the guys on the shop floor were a little upset with us. And they're like, I can't believe you're getting rid of it. What if I need it? You know, I'm like, look, this stuff is collecting dust. Like, it's just clouding your brain. It's not doing anything for you. Besides, if you get that job back again, we'll specify something so that it's better than what you were doing before anyway. Yeah. And sure enough, I, I told him, I was like, what's going to happen is you're going to come across one job and you're going to prove me wrong, but there's a thousand other <laughs> tools exactly. that are going to go in the garbage exactly. that you just don't need anymore. Quick story. When we were moving, everyone, like John, our sales manager, was in this shop when we're like throwing stuff out. And just about four weeks ago, one of my veteran machinist search came up to me. He goes, Jim, do you know where that grease gun is? Probably the one that my dad was using on his 1956 Ford, using the lower and upper ball joints. And Serge goes, he chats me on Google, Jim, do you know where that grease gun is? And I'm like, oh my God, I know for sure we threw that out. (laughs) And I didn't want to admit it, but I know for sure we threw that out. But that was one thing. That was one thing. Yeah, you're always going to lose something. Always something. Who cares? And you have to accept that. Get a new one at Walmart for 17 bucks. Well, you can come to Zangers too. Okay, yes. Get a nicer one. Okay. But but you're going to throw something away that does have value or it can be used well, the in other end, the future. Well, the other end of the spectrum is worse where you're a hoarder and exactly. you keep yes. everything. Like yeah. my basement I talked about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, with regards to throwing stuff out, I had decades of paper that were in our loft area of the shop. Prints, tax returns, documentations, federal, and we threw it all out. Because now we're paperless. That stuff's easy. You just figure it out. Well, you had to recycle. Yeah, rules. you just let it go, man. You so don't someday need the it. IRS is coming and you're going to yeah. have to reproduce all that. I don't put it in jail. <laughs> I don't care. The second thing we did is we hired an industrial designer from IMAC, as you know, to design the shop floor for maximum efficiency. So that's the straighten or set in order then? Yes. Thank you, Nick. Workflow, production, and future automation and machinery were all concepts that we thought about before we implemented where we were going to put everything. you know, That's awesome. What's it going to look like? The people at IMAC are so great. Yeah, they are. 
so then into our specific department. So in our inspection department, we sorted through and calibrated all of our tooling into our ERP system. And then we were able to label it and put it in our inspection drawer. So I bought a high-end Lista customized drawer set. And man, it's a little bit an arduous process, but you can customize the length, widths, and depths of every single drawer in a new cabinet. And it was really impactful because now we, you know, little drawers for your little thread gauges all the way up to the big ones, like put a dial bore gauge yeah, in. Yeah, and, and you put in those foam inserts that's customized I for was the getting drawer. To that. And it's customized for your tools. We do that for our clients yeah. to help them out for their 5S assignments. And it's a really, really neat system. Yeah. Yeah. So we standardized all the drawers for things like thread gauges, mics, calipers, depth gauges. And then we use the styrofoam inserts in each drawer and then cut out like a diagram of each of the things. So when that is out... It's the, like a shadow board, kind of. It's like a shadow yeah. board. The contrasting colors of the foam, you immediately see that the 12-inch veneer is missing, is gone missing, and we need to find it I right remember away. making the shadow boards at Hennig with spray paint. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was fun. We have a system that we sell that's like a more advanced version of that, and it helps to eliminate what's called FOD, foreign objects and debris. Yeah. And what it is, is it's a tray system like what you're talking about, but it has a laser and a camera that scans the board and it knows what is supposed to be in there. Okay. And this is used commonly in like maintenance situations. So when you have a, let's say a machine that you cannot start up until you account for like all of the tools are back in place. Or if you have a plane where you're doing like maintenance on an airplane and you have to make sure that there wasn't a wrench that was left in the engine, in the engine. And so what this machine does that, and we sell these is it scans the machine and at the end of the shift or at the end of the process, you go back to the machine. You're like, okay, we're ready to be done. You hit the button and the machine's like, you're missing this tool. And it does wow. it all via wow. like cameras and lasers. And then you identify, oh, okay, I'm missing my half inch wrench. And then you got to go find our mission, missing my caliper and you go find it and you put it back in there and it scans it again and it tells you whether you're ready to go. I so, have a fun story. That. This is not going to make my company look good, but I have to tell it. So, well, no, you've gotten better since then, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is like six years ago, but we were having trouble with quality shipping conveyors to a particular machine tool builder. <laughs> so, you know, we're like, hey, how's everything been going? We think we corrected the issue. And they're like, there was a hammer inside of it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, so somehow we shipped it with hey, a Nick, hammer on the system. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I'm sure that's very common. But yeah, but it's yeah. like, those are the ones where you got the boss being like, how the heck can this happen? You know, like, who's paying attention? Exactly. And then someone's like, where's my hammer? <laughs> it's like, John Smith, his wallets in, yeah. in the conveyor. We just so we know John left it because we got his ID. But we have the best quality guy ever, Josh Green. He's making sure we don't ever ship hammers inside of conveyors anymore. So. All right. Well, if he needs one of these laser yeah, camera he systems, might be into interesting. That. He might be into that. Well, you know, the doctors got must have some methodology oh, and process yes. so they don't leave instruments in a human or body. Gloves or yeah. And you know what, Jim? I know it does. I know. So yeah. Nick, don't feel bad about a hammer. Yeah, there might, there might be one inside, inside my body, inside my <laughs> kidney. Yeah, please. <laughs> Supply chain is a big deal right now. Oh my god, it's awful. It's hard to get parts. It's hard to get machines. What is going on in your world right now with supply chain, Jim? 
Well, a supply chain, I can get cutting tools, thank God, yeah. from Zangers, but I'm having a really hard time getting materials. That seems to be like a huge problem right now. Well, quite frankly, in the 41 years in business, I've never seen it so crazy. But it's about three times longer than it used to be right now to get material. You know, I think our partner Zometry has a solution for that, don't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. And I was going to get to that, Jason. I just got an email the other day from somebody that I know at Zometry, and they're promoting their new supplies partnership that they have. And they are offering people like myself that own machine shops, you can buy your raw material. Let's say you've got $100,000 in aluminum that you need to buy. You can buy it from Zometry. They will hold it for you at that cost. And then all I got to do is call and say, hey, man, can you ship 25% of that to me? And then it sits on my floor. And then I have 90 days, same as cash, to pay for that. So I'm pulling my inventory from Zometry. It's not scattered all over the shop floor. And it sounds like an awesome thing. It's basically like a Kanban system. What is a Kanban? I've heard that many, many times. You just described it. Is that exactly what it is? So instead of you being stuck with all the inventory right now, you trigger the shipment when you need it. Well, it sounds like a fantastic idea. I know I've talked to Ryan about it already. We're ready to call Zometry next week and give them an order or at least get an RFQ for some big aluminum orders we have coming up. And as a matter of fact, you, the Metalworking Nation, can try too. And Jason, what's that landing page number? So you go to Zometry, X-O-M-E-T-R-Y dot com slash making chips and you get 10% off. Sounds great. Awesome. So moving on. So that was in our inspection department. Now on our shop floor, we did kind of the same thing. We got all new custom design list of cabinets and we got the high tops, right? So the ones that what we realized before is we had the older benches, the standard height benches, and we realized that if we're going to be deburring or looking at our parts, that part needs to be raised up. So we bought the higher top benches so that it's right there in their working zone. Again, we did the same thing. We customized the drawer length, width, depth, and then we put in the styrofoam. Also, every single station, so every single machine tool on the shop floor has two of these listed cabinets that are absolutely identical. Each drawer is absolutely identical. Each drawer at each machine station has the styrofoam inserts, and they cut it out to adapt to a torque wrench because every machinist at the machine that's making the setup is going to use a torque wrench, different size heads, so they got that cut out for the different size heads. One area is for a tape measure, one is for a calculator, one is for a scale. So all those things that the machinist is going to use right there at his workstation at the CNC is all standardized throughout the shop. So you can go to any CNC machine on my shop floor, open up that list of drawer, and you're going to see the same thing. So you're using the word Lista, like kind of like you'd say Kleenex. And you know we're a distributor for Lista, yes. and we're a distributor for Stanley Vidmar and for Kennedy Bot. And so we sell a lot of these cabinets at our clients. And most of the time, it's used in a situation where we're helping them to do this kind of like 5S standardization, sure. where they want to make sure like, hey, let's get rid of the clutter. Let's make sure everything is where it's supposed to be. So I'm very familiar with what you're talking about. And a lot of times you can customize these to whatever the workflow situation is for that particular shop. And we frequently bring in an expert in order to help them to figure out that flow and figure out what makes sense for like their tool crib or whatever kind of situation that they're yeah. um, that they're dealing with. It's not an easy process. It really takes some time. And you know, they did help us strategize size, depth, width, whatever. You know what I think the two hardest S's are? What's that? The last two. A lot of people do three S. 
My brother talked about that once. When oh, he really? Was on, when people he even talk about three. and sustained. Yeah. Well, so, people talk about 3S because it is the easiest way to get up and going. Yeah, but then you don't standardize it. You don't make that how you operate. We talked about standard work on the last episode mm-hmm. and, um, when we were talking about Pro Shop and how you guys document everything and then sustaining it. Like that's the how often, part. I mean, we, we've all experienced this where you clean your house or you clean your car and everything's great, but the sustaining it part is what falls away. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of that happens that sustaining going back to our last episode, when you have that wisdom that leaves the door, whether mm-hmm. somebody moves into another mm-hmm. department, another position, or goes to another company and you're like, you know, all of a sudden you're not standardizing and doing the same thing that you used to. And right. that's a problem. Yeah. And then in addition to that, all of our machines are numbered. So We've got 18, 21, 11, and they all have names. But in addition to at that particular workstation, in those drawers, all those tools, tape measures, calculators, that we all put labels on each of those pieces to say that this particular calculator, this tape measure, this scale goes to machine 15. Mm. So you always know if that socket, that torque wrench is over on machine 18, but yet it's got a a number 15 sticker on, you know where it goes. Sure. So that really helps out standardizing the process. The other thing we did is we installed PCs at every one of these workstations as well and put in a double vertical stack monitor right there. So of course, yes, we're using ProShop. The employees need to track their time. It makes it very easy. They can utilize the CAD models. They can see it on the upper screen. They can pull up their first article inspection report right there and track all their numbers that they're getting. So ProShop, as far as 5S, it just amplifies and eases your way into 5S and it kind of reinforces or the sustain part, right? Where, hey, this is how we operate our company. This is the operating system that we use. What's well, process, right, Nick? Yeah. So yeah. sustain is part of process, right? Yeah. Can you imagine for a moment trying to do that without ProShop? Yeah, I mean, I, well, we did, you know, business was around way yeah. before ProShop was. did you do was, it to the same degree? It was not like this, no. I'd love to take you guys in the shop and show you what, sure. what's happened. But the PCs are really powerful because we need to access the internet and the, our data all mm-hmm. the time. And mm-hmm. to have it at every single workstation is just really impactful. And the reason you need to be online is because you're in the cloud? Oh, ProShop is run on the cloud. Sure. Yes, Absolutely. Sure. But, you know, we might say, oh, well, we need to go to zangers.com and see if they've got this or whatever the case may be. And it's just nice to have access to the internet everywhere in the shop. The next thing we did is we custom designed a control center, what we've labeled our control center for our programmers on the shop floor. It's a collaborative desk. It's a circular desk that there's three stations at it. And that's where our programmers sit and program all the jobs. And it's right there on the shop floor, right in with the machinists. And the objective for that was they can be collaborative with the machinists because remember, they're programming the jobs. They're uploading it to the database. The machinists take that program, put it in the machine. And then anytime there's a new job that's programmed, the probability that they're going to have to reprogram that and tweak the program is really really common. You probably can never get it the first time off. But we wanted to have that collaborative space so the machinists could come over to the programmers and just say, hey, can you work on this particular area right here? That 30 thousandths radius in the corner isn't working really well. We need to post it out with another a bullnose end mill that's whatever size that is. So that's been working out really well. Another thing we did is we added fresh water access in key locations around the shop floor. So When we're mixing our coolant, it's a lot easier than we're walking all around the shop. 
There's key locations on the shop floor that we have the coolant. It's easy to mix. It's right there. You don't have to walk a mile. Are you measuring your coolant or are you auto-mixing? We're not doing either of those yet, but it is definitely on the bucket list of things we need. We have a system that we install. Tell me about that. Well, I'm not intimately involved in it, but what I do know is that it's a system that's automatically installed with the water and the coolant, and it automatically mixes it when you're refreshing your sump. I've heard of the concept. I don't know. So is that like an add-on you'd buy? Yeah, you just dial it into the concentration that you want to be at, and it just does it. You And there's nothing else. You literally... Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know. I'm not intimately involved in that. We have a specialist that does that, but I do know in general how it works. And actually, it's funny because I scoped out an episode about proper coolant usage, which we'll talk about in a future episode. And... It's amazing. I was just talking to a client the other day and they were at like over 20% concentration on their coolant and it's like foaming Mm -hmm. because their distributor, like our competitor, wasn't managing it for them, which is something that we do for our clients. And when you're not doing that, the standardization gets out of control. Absolutely. Yeah. They obviously don't have a refractometer either. They weren't using it. Well, every shop is different, Jim. Like not every shop is like yours. And there's some of them where like just the sophistication level, I guess, of the operators Mm -hmm. are not where your guys are. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to outsource that management to somebody else like ourselves in order to make sure that it's going well. I'd like to do a future episode on outsourcing things like that, like maintenance, like cleaning the coolant tanks, because we've been talking a lot about that lately too. Does it really... So a thing that's come up is, does it really pay to have one of our machinists clean out the coolant tank and invest five, six, seven hours to do that or outsource that? Yeah, it's so funny because like I started scoping out an episode to talk about that exact thing Mm -hmm. because it's never about the problem or the resources. It's about what's the vision that you have for your shop. And then you have to figure out, okay, now what resources do I need to get in line? It's like, okay... If my concentrations of coolant are always off, what's my resources? Okay, well, it could be Zengers to help you do it. Mm-hmm. It could be a company that it's not one of your shop guys. It could be a company to help you clean it out. I mean, like we do that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah, so yeah. if you cast a vision for where you want to be, mm-hmm. then the resources will come into play. Yep. So speaking of casting cast- a vision, we have a, you know, we make chip conveyors and coolant filtration systems. Yeah, you're in there too. And so we have a product vision of zero maintenance coolant filtration system. Well, that would be interesting. And so one of the things, so like what you just described, people buy and then they add to their machine, but we can integrate that into where like if the coolant levels drop too low, it premixes the coolant and adds it so so that it's always maintained. Yes, I've heard of that as well. There's some cool things in development that might be on display at IMTS. Yeah. I believe that that technology is out there. I've heard about that. You hardwire the water right in and it premixes it and keeps it at the certain level that... So like you're at the ground floor, Jim. What I was talking about with that mixing system is the next level up. What Nick is talking about is like even the next level. Yeah, and that's mostly bought when you buy the new system, the new machine, all at once. And those things are, they're there. They're very sophisticated. It's just kind of expensive to retrofit after the fact. Exactly. So there's a lot of people who need that solution now and they don't want to rebuy the whole tank and coolant filtration system and conveyor and all that. And I don't know if it's the exact system that you're talking about, Nick, but we've talked to clients about It solves the same problem. It's very, very, yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And lastly, my last tip, I'm sure there's more that I'm forgetting about, but we bought a floor scrubber Oh yeah, to keep our epoxy floor shined. Oh, that's right? cool. That's so cool. shine is one of the five S's. Mm-hmm. So it's like a big Zamboni, you know, the Zamboni when oh, you yeah. go to yeah. the Hawks yeah, game, sweet. it goes around. So do you ride it around? No, it's hand, oh, handheld. handheld. It'd be but, a lot cooler if you yeah, rode it I don't around. know how to use it yet. I 
don't know if I want to learn that how to use it. require Jim to go on the shop floor. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Just I don't know how to use it, but it's funny. I, I see the guys on the shop out using it sometime. That's and, cool. Well, you need to get another one. You know why? Why? So you can have races. So I can have what? Races. races. Oh, races. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm just picturing you on like a big Zamboni and everyone throwing stuff at you like a hockey game. Yeah, no, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, happen. one of the things I can say from my perspective, having been in like just so many different shops, when you see a shop where the floor is shined, it makes such a difference. I think so too. Mm-hmm. You know, but, where it's shined, it's properly lined out. It's such a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah. So I hope that some of these small tips have equipped and inspired you, the metalworking nation, to make some changes in your shop. Let me tell you, I never thought I'd be doing this. Yes, my OCD is popping off like crazy when I see it actually implemented on my shop floor. But remember, you can always Google it. There's plenty of good information on the internet for you to implement it without... Stop talking about Google all the time. They're not a sponsor. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. right. You could Bing it. They could be. Go ahead and Bing it, folks. Yeah. yeah, Use Bing. But I mean, if you learned something from this episode, we would love to hear from you and understand what you learned. I mean, because our mission is to equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. So let us know, email us, info at Making Chips. And if you feel that there's somebody else at your shop that can benefit from this episode, share it with us. Or them. if you have we a tip to give to We will send Jim to your shop and he will personally teach you 5S. <laughs> He'll scrub your floors. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I just want to remind everybody that the Making Chips guys are going to be at IMTS this September 12th through the 16th. And then we're going to be in Iowa on October 5th. Yes. Yeah, at a community college. So we're doing more and more of these speaking events. It's yeah. going to be fun. Looking I have four booths at the trade show and I'll be on the stage with you guys. So I'm not expecting a lot of rest and sleep. No. But it'll be fun. It will. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com.